Welcome to the Games Revealed podcast brought to you by Bunny Strike Studios. This is James. And I'm Tyson Diamond, Hans Tyson. And Shagwa. And we're here to bring you another episode. To this week's episode is on a special little event that happens once a year, usually, called E3. And this year... It's a was, tiny event. It's a, t- it's a tiny little event. Might uh, not have heard of it. <laughs> uh, E3 is definitely one of those events where, you know, a lot of games get it announced. Consoles will get it announced. Um, it's been a very good focal point for gamers to get excited for what's to come in the next few years. And I would definitely say 2020, uh, 2021 was a great year. I don't. I wouldn't say it's the best, but I've been fairly happy. It's been a pretty good one, honestly. I uh, obviously COVID was bad, right? Not much came out in COVID, so it kind of let everyone go into hibernation mode and play what was out there. But I think they're coming out of COVID with some real bangers. And what's already been announced looks good. And then quite a bit, in my opinion, on this uh, that's been announced looks good. But I got a lot of issues as well. Yeah, and for me, it was it just didn't feel as big as it has in past years. Obviously, because it's just a purely online show. But also because a good giant hunk of what we saw is stuff that has already been announced by almost everyone that was there. But I will say what was awesome about this year's E3 is the consistency on games that looked good. And that is uncommon for E3. So in, its yeah. way, in a way, it was better than a lot of E3s have been. But on scale, it just didn't feel quite as big. And honestly, I'm fine with that. I kind of liked that it was more laid back and more just a compounded showcase of here's what's coming. And not this big old showy, let me just cram down your throat all the stuff that we think that you have to like because that's what we do. Yeah. Which is how it normally feels. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 definitely this year. I, I just there's a lot of trailers I watched that made me excited for some games I already knew that were coming out, but I just haven't seen gameplay or we weren't sure what they're exactly going to be. So it's a little bit of a weird year, but I I was actually pretty jazzed about the stuff I saw, and so um, and it was weird because they broke up like there was a summer of games or something like that event that's been ha- that's going to be happening all summer, and that was melded into this where they released. Uh, um, they announced uh, Tiny Tina Adventures and uh, the 20, the Battlefield. All that stuff was kind of released there, and so we're kinda, I I kind of wanted to, to group that into also what we're doing with E3 because well, it, it is grouped in because well, what it in. is is it's it's a deal that Amazon did the year that we didn't have E3. Yeah, and so with E3 being back this year, they just merged it. They so it, it is it. E3. It's just. Just a, a twist bit. on yeah. it. Yeah, we okay. gotta release some stuff, you know, to keep people interested. It's very confusing. Obviously, I, I got confused. But like, how can we get more money out of one event? Let's but, start summer of games in, uh, you know, the end of winter. <laughs> <laughs> but I will have to say, there is one definitive thing. If you watched E3, like who kind of was the owner? You could. It's almost not even E3 anymore. It's Microsoft's E3. I only say that because um, they were obviously the prominent um, figure. They paid the most money, I'm assuming. In the past, when like me and yeah. Tyson have gone, they've usually sometimes they've done their own thing where it was like not at E3. It was off the yeah, was, uh, in a whole building because yeah, they didn't have enough space at E3 to hold all their shit. Yeah, and so this year Microsoft and Bethesda got acquired by Microsoft recently. So th- obviously, there's going to be a lot of different and things. I'm salty about that. I'm actually okay with it because, uh, and this is a very controversial topic. Um, I think that the I, PC person they're gonna they're always gonna release the PC, but I think um, Microsoft Showcase 
was the strongest this year. I think there was a lot of good indie showcases too, though. But I really think because Sony hasn't been coming to the show, and it's because they're a top dog. They don't really have to. Um, but I do think it's going to hurt them in the long run by not showing up so many years in a row and doing their own thing. Um, just for multiple reasons, I think it's going to hurt them in the long run. And there is a place that they could, they could come and they could have a, a day if they really wanted. And I kind of say, like, so uh, Microsoft's eating Sony's lunch in a, in a way that, like, E3 is like, everyone can have a lunch if you just buy it. It's a lot of money. <laughs> and Microsoft will buy theirs, and they just, you know, eat their lunch. That's kind of how I put it. And I really think Microsoft did a good job, and they've showcased much more of why I'd rather have a Microsoft Xbox this year and the next year than a PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't think it's a good idea to separate yourself from in what I see your coworkers, like your, your rivals almost like you are equal throughout that aspect. The only people that in my opinion can run their own are like blizzard blizzcon. Like that's a one that could run their own steam. Honestly, they could probably make their own events. I think they could do really good valve, uh, Epic maybe just because of how large their platform is. But realistically, the only one that can pull that shit off is like blizzcon PlayStation. What do you have? You're not better than Xbox. Maybe you're better than Nintendo, but uh, I don't know. To me, when you separate yourself, you're just saying I'm better, but you you make consoles and console games just like Xbox does, and we need to buy those. So just, like, be inclusive. Be synergistic. See, and I just look at it as them having a clear vision of how they want to advertise their games. Sony's been, or not Sony, uh, Nintendo's been doing this for a year with Nintendo Direct, and that's, that's basically true. what the PlayStation's version is as well. Yeah. It's just, they control the outlet, therefore they can make the creative decisions and choose how it's portrayed rather than falling into the limitations that may or may not be set by E3. Not a game developer, I don't know what E3 tells you you can or can't do, but clearly Sony has decided that the value add isn't there. They can still announce their games, and I don't feel like the not going to E3 is a fu to anyone. It's just a decision they made so that they could advertise in the way that they prefer to advertise. Yeah. I think it hurts them in the long run, though. That's that's my opinion because I, and like the first year they did it, they actually had a good showcase. They did a good job. They had everything was good, and then every year after that, Sony's done their own little um, event. It's I think it's been garbage. I think it's just, it just hasn't been very good. They haven't shown a lot of good stuff. Where maybe being a part of an E3, they could have just focused on maybe one game, not having to entertain the whole thing. Yeah. Just focusing on one or two games, and they could have really shined. And it's a community thing, too. I think it shows that you can work in a community by going to E3. That being said, some people are not going to like that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be E3. It could be some other event or whatever, but it shows community and that you can work with others and that you care about the gaming community that's how mm. i view it yeah, it's interesting I, considering they do go to other events yeah well yeah. i don't i don't see it as an fu or i'm better or anything like that when you don't come that's what it looks like because it's not an fu it's just uh we don't need to do this because of our reasons and i get that that's viable what i don't understand about that is it's like going to disneyland and the matterhorn is not there anymore because now the Matterhorn has decided it's too good for Disney. So it's going to go be its own park. Okay, how fun am I going to have going to a park where there's only the Matterhorn? So that's the way I look at it. And in my opinion, they've, uh, they've done a little devolving. <laughs> but unlike Devolver, seems like they've been doing some evolving. <laughs> So I got to agree with these guys. Xbox had an amazing showcase, and while it has 
not changed my bearing on how I feel about my PS5 at all. It has definitely made me interested in picking up an Xbox because, you know, I can support multiple systems and be just as happy with all of them. Oh, same. <laughs> but uh, Devolver, in my opinion, had the best event of the entire show. And that was for a lot of reasons. First of all, Devolver kept up its tradition of cringy but crazy presentation. It was wild. They created their own NFT and they renamed what the acronym stands for. It's a non-effable tape, not a non-fungible token. Nice. And they literally announced their NFT for sale as they were showing you the creation of the NFT. It was amazing. All of this done under a show that they called Devolver Futurer to make fun of Ubisoft's Ubisoft Future. Or yeah. Is that the right company that did Futures? Um, and then on top of that, the whole presentation was done under the guise of a Max Pass. Um, like the announcement of a max pass which is not real but it was all about corporate greed and how they uh basically their feelings about games as a service rather than you know making a product and selling it to people and it was hilarious but here's the thing devolver has done this type of stuff in the past this was kind of a a hit on the nose because it was them recognizing that they've done it for these last couple years and they were like yeah we had this four-year plan and this is this and it was kind of like the video was them in a boardroom meeting talking about doing all these crazy events. But the, ma the main thing is that they backed it up with some of the best series of indie games I've ever seen. There was an indie event, I think, the day before E3 kicked off um, that showcased a lot of really cool indie games. Almost every indie game you're going to hear us talk about on this list is from Devolver Studios. So, And those are the games. I'm actually more hyped about these games than I am about almost any of the main triple-a games there are a few triple-a games that look awesome but these these indie games look incredible so hats off to devolver for a uh just as a performance putting out the best one b as far as a consistent lineup putting out the most consistent lineup and c as an indie company stepping in with the big boys and just even if even if you didn't ko anybody you had everyone in there going isn't that guy a youtuber <laughs> they, what they did is they walked in they had their big arms swaggering, and they went up and gave everybody a little bitch slap. Yep. And everyone just, like, laughed because they're like, that was adorable. Yeah. And they're just walking in like, I'm a big dog. <laughs> it, was, it was such an awesome, like, event to watch. So, for the most part, like, I had to kind of look up highlights of how these things went because that's what work will do for you. But I made sure to stop and watch this Devolver one after just reading, like, two articles about it. I was like, no, we're watching that. Um, it was awesome. And we'll get to all the games here, and that's actually where we're jumping now, but you're going to hear a lot from Devolver on this list. Yeah, Devolver, um, well, and that's what I think was very um, indicative, very apparent in this uh, E3 is coronavirus made it so that a lot of people wanted to make indie games, apparently. That's what it seems like. I don't know. It feels like a lot I've never of, had the desire to make an indie. Wait a second! Oh my gosh! No, it feels like there's a lot of like I don't know. This is the this year. It really did shine with the indie games because I do agree with Shag that like the, the indie games really did pull it off this year. And I'm not the biggest indie game unless it's like the Forest kind of thing. Oh, so good! Sons of the Forest, where are you? But you know what's also good? Like, and I haven't. I haven't played it for so long, so I'm pretty excited about this. Is Advanced Wars? Advanced Wars was one of the ones that was announced. I don't think it was announced at E3. I think it had been announced, but it was a trailer that was shown at E3 in between the the things, and that's where I got my exposure to it. Uh, I've loved Advanced Wars since the Game Boy Advanced. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing it since then. I bought 
it on the Switch, the new one that came out, and I even bought Wargroove because it's semi-similar. Mm -hmm. I love those games, but going back to Advance Wars 1 and 2 and being able to play those games in a remastered way on the Switch just has me jacked. So again, I know it's not like a, a new game or one that's like super big, but it's one that I've remembered playing since I was a young, uh, a, a wee lad, uh, sending my airstrikes on the red team so that I could further advance my freaking badass army. So I'm very excited for Advanced Wars 1 and 2 reboot. Uh, and I, I think I put on the release date of one that comes out December. Yeah, which is nice to get this one that soon. Because honestly, I've heard so many people, including Diamond Hands over here, talk about how amazing Advance Wars is to the point where allegedly it's one of the best things that ever come out on the DS, like ever. Totally. So I've always wanted to play one, and I picked up Wargroove because it was super similar. And it's very fun, but I, I'm excited for my chance to jump in. And I've been doing this with a lot of games lately. This has been my whole thing with the Switch, is picking up these remasters and reboots. Yeah. And so I'm like, dope. Add another one to the list. Let's spin it up. Seriously. <laughs> in my opinion, Nintendo's eating everybody's lunch. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to get that Switch Pro and keep putting all the games I love on there. I'll play them at shittier graphics. I love it. I, I That's why I want the Nintendo. Yeah, I definitely want the Pro. But, I definitely so, will play this game. So going from Advanced Wars, though, that's going to be a little more strategic, right? you got to plan out your attacks. Unlike the next game, Battlefield 2042, this one seems jacked to the tits. <laughs> I love the Battlefield series. I've like, And I have some great memories with uh, Beef playing 1942. Bing, bang, bing. Um, just me and him against uh, a huge army of the hardest bots you could put it on. And we yeah. played... I think it, a seven-hour campaign, like literally, just like until we finally won. So, it, Battlefield has a little bit of a uh, special place in my heart, and they just the last few years have been very. Uh, it's like World War One, World War Two. Those are fun, but I've kind of done that before. Like I got really tired after a little uh, after a while with those, um, but I'm just, I'm excited. This one's like a near future, like a, a semi-sci-fi. Um, version of it, it definitely feels, you know, because it's, you know, 2042, it feels like it's um, further into the future, so they are able to play around with certain concepts we just don't quite have on the battlefield yet. Um, but it's, and some of the concepts are theories or stuff that's in production. So it's kind of interesting to see how that melds from a science fiction to a real world um, way. But I'm really excited. I saw that trailer and I was like, "Okay, this is this is the battlefield. I'm finally gonna get back into it. I'm gonna be playing a shit ton of this. Like, I'm not gonna have a life for probably a week or two with this because I can't I can't do it for a couple months. I have to get back to work. <laughs> I have to get back to work. But I want to play this forever. <laughs> but it will it will definitely be the game I go to uh, when I wake up in the morning and I want an hour to just sit there and play." definitely going to go to it. Yeah, I like how it was, uh, you pointed this out, just the quick swapping of those accessories, um, being able to change your loadout on the move, I think is really nice. Obviously, it's yeah. not realistic, right? If you're looking to put a silencer on a gun, there's threads that need to be, you know, tightened, all that stuff. Uh, but 2042. I do, but yeah, 2042, <laughs> it's all te telekinetic, so you're just like, ching, chong, ching, ping, ping, ping. And that's the sound effect that it makes. I got that straight from the developers. Um, so it is very exciting. I love, I've been moving more towards the Battlefield games than the Call of Duty games. Yeah. I feel like they get you more into a realistic 
not realistic, but a more real scenario and situation and uh, and feel than the Call of Duties do. I think their their uh, graphics are really good. I think the animations are really good, and this one looks very exciting. I love that fight scene in Dubai with the sand and yep. just going around, and it literally is like a war. Like you don't know where you're gonna run into enemies, but you're just like, I bet I could dick them if I go do this real fast and drive a jeep off of a skyscraper and crash their helicopter. <laughs> I bet I could do that. I've done that before. Well, that's what makes these large battles so fun is that you can, um, even though that's not necessarily realistic, obviously, but you can do that. You can get away with it. There's so much stuff going on. They're like, if I drive this off, there might be like three planes under there. Oh, I might oh, yeah. hit one of them. And, and, but see, seeing what we've seen from the Star Wars games, like the Star Battlefront or whatever, oh, yeah. you can do some crazy stuff in that. That's true. <laughs> you can line some crazy stuff up. I do want to mention how uh, many players they've upped it from 64 to 128. So it's going to be 128 wow. Battlefield. And it's been done before. I've heard of 256, I believe. I can't remember what game it was. I feel like it's getting back to the Delta Force days on the old PC. Man. It's getting large, which is great. And with these types... <laughs> <laughs> which is great. And the dynamic environments. Like if that tornado or whatever that sets down and you're in the air, you might get sucked into it, you know? Yeah, that one looked cool too. The tornado and he's just like, oh, you know, like blocking his face from all the debris. Really cool looking. Very cool. And they've done this before with the dynamic environments where they've had buildings fall down. Like, you detonate a building. It was in... Uh, Just Cause. No, it was in Battlefield. I can't remember which one. Battlefield 3 or something like that. I think like it was that. 4, actually. 4. four. Oh, no, it might have been 3, actually, where they have the... Where it falls on you. Yeah. I think that was 3. Yeah, and, that's, and that stuff really got me. Like, when I, that's when I started playing a ton of Battlefield again. It, and I, it, it's just... It's not done anywhere else, really. And so I'm glad that they're really going... Because I don't know if they were able to do much of that in Battlefield 1. Um, I think Bad Company is the only other game I remember that used to do that kind of stuff. Gosh, Bad Company. I'm glad <laughs> I don't play that game anymore. But I kind of like, I like the Bad Companies, yeah, but I obviously did. don't go back and play them. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's... Really, it, it, it's very exciting. I, the gunplay looks really good. Everything just all about it. I feel like I want to get into it, so hopefully I'll find some people to gear up and play that because it is really fun as squads because usually if you go in with friends and go as a squad, you guys will um, support each other. So if you die, you can oftentimes warp, um, you spawn back by your squad and all that stuff. And so yeah. it, it's, it's very, very fun. For the war game, it looks really good. I mean, obviously it's uh, going to be heavy guns, heavy artillery, heavy, you know... Uh, shooting action lots of unlike them. the next war of the game that we play is uh set in a little bit little bit of a different uh, circumstance and environment but one that almost has me more excited which is plague 2 or plague tale 2 yeah plague tale 2 this one was a surprise to me because the trailer pops up it looks familiar and as they announced it i'm realizing to myself that this is a trailer i've seen in the past and thought looked really cool but just kind of got mixed in with everything else that was coming out. I don't know if they announced the, or at least I didn't see the original Plague Tale trailer at an E3. It was like just a trailer that was online. And I was like, oh, I should make a note of that. And then didn't, which is normal. There's a yeah. lot of games that slip through cracks like that. But this trailer looked amazing. And I'm like, okay, this looks amazing. I want to play it. I know I've seen the old one. I don't know how I didn't play it. And as I start looking into it, I start to realize that anyone that has played this game absolutely loves it. This is a, it's a sleeper hit that nobody knows about. It's still sleeping. So <laughs> I think it, clearly it did well enough to get a sequel and a... And a, and a, a quick sequel. A good-looking sequel on top of that, which is great. 
But uh, it makes me really sad that I kind of slept on that one, which is honestly making me think that we really do need to go back and play that uh, Days Gone. Because that's another yes. one that's like that. That's like, yeah, it's on our list, but like, there's so many other things in between. I, so, uh, I've i made the ultimate sin. I In my news, I said I was going to play that. It's downloaded. I will play that this week. <laughs> Days Gone, you will be mine. Oh, oh yes. yes. You will be <laughs> but honestly, we probably should give a plague, a plague Tale One, a, a spot on the show because honestly, it really does look yeah. so good, and it's one that I passed by too, and it's one I've wanted to play, and I'm glad Plague Tale Two came out because one, it came out very fast. The first one came out 2019, mm -hmm. um, a very quick uh, turnaround for a sequel, especially for a game like that where I saw it was interested in it, and it kind of fell by the wayside, but. Enough people loved it where it was supported for a second one. Days Gone didn't even get that yet, probably. Uh, but it should, it deserves it, from what I understand. Yeah, and I bring it up because, honestly, that's how I feel. Like, whether or not we play it on the show, I've decided, like, I've, I messed up for me by not playing Plague Tale 1. So I felt like it was important to talk about that prior to the second one because that's how good the second one looks. Like, again, this is the second game I'm mentioning from the entire event. That's how good it looks. And it looks interesting and different than a lot of stuff that's out there. So I'm, I'm excited, man. This one looks great. Yeah, it made me regret not playing the first one immediately. Like, I was just like, I effed up because I want to talk more about this game right now. And I, I can't even begin to discuss what happened in the first one other than there's rats. Makes you wish you could just drive away and race on over to playing some Plague Tale 2. Yes, but you if know. you're going to race... Might as well be doing it with Forza. Yeah, because you got one, two, three, four reasons to get away from them rats in Forza 5. Um, so this is, I've got this one titled as the only car game I'll ever be interested in. The only one prior to this was Xbox release of Project Gotham Racing. Mm -hmm. And that was a release uh, title, I believe, for the Xbox. I got it with Halo. It finally made its way into my console a couple of weeks later. It was fun because it had Sir Mix-a-Lots in there resonate. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, but anyway, that's the only car game I really ever got uh, interested in and played more than a few times. But Forza, ever since Forza 3, honestly, mm -hmm. has really been trying to get me to play these games. And I want to. I really do want to. But Forza 5 might be the one. Forza Horizon 5 might be the one that actually gets me to pay for a car game and play the shit out of it. The events, the racing, the, the stuff that happens mid-race, the different types of racing, and the control the of those... Yeah, the environments, the control of those vehicles. Yeah. It just looks so clean. And it looks so much different than a, just a regular racing game where... It's either track or dirt or, you know, that's the area you're in. With Forza, it just kind of seems like you get it all and you get it all clean and just tight. I will have to say, like, I love racing games that are very specific to arcade. -y. Like, it's open world arcade, -y, like with what Need for Speed and um, I can never remember the other one. Burnout. Burnout. What they the burnout hasn't been like I think that developer was put we on some about other burnout so good. We talked about it the other day. Yeah, and so like <laughs> I love both those actually. I like Need for Speed a lot. I like it to be open world, but um, I'm not normally um, with the Forza and the uh, Gran Turismo. I'm not usually that type of racer, but this yeah. one's really making me think otherwise because I'm not getting very many good uh, Need for Speed games, and so I'm like maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to have to jump on over because this, movie is, this looks so good. I'm not much of a racer <laughs> myself, but I'll dip my toe in every now and again just to see what's changed. And I dipped my toe in with when Forza 3 came out. That was the big flagship game for the Xbox 360. And guys, it. it is that good. It's like, really good. I don't like racing games, and I love Forza. I haven't played all of them, but I'll, 
I'll tell you guys, and I'm definitely going to tell you guys, if you want a game where the cars feel different, you can feel how the engine sounds. Cyberpunk. Like, oh, wait, no. And on top of that, the graphics are always just stunning. Like, the cars look so good, even when you're in the cockpit, you can, the driving seat, <laughs> you can see, like, the steering and the shifting, and it's all just so well handled. But, but outside of that, you pop yourself out, and you're, like, driving an Alfa Romeo or something, and you're just hearing that engine, and you're... And you're driving it, and it's different than the the car that you upgraded from. It's so nice, and that's huge. That's it's one of the things that people kind of they don't sleep on, but it's a small thing that's easy to miss the importance of. But you notice it with cars and with guns. If guns don't feel different, if gunplay isn't like giving you some reason to like care that it's there, then it's a huge miss. And Forza has made its whole specialty out of not missing on that. Yeah. So. Um, if I am able to pick up an Xbox, which I do have some strong reasons to from this presentation, yeah. uh, Forza might be one of the few games that I do actually pick up on that system. And, I, and I've said it before in uh, other weekly news for the two people that watch that consistently enough to know this. Uh, I'll probably be buying an Xbox before I buy that PS5. It's very <laughs> tight right now. I am in a battle of my own Trades. trying to get it done. You know what the best thing is? Xbox, you don't have to buy an Xbox anymore. You just have to have a PC. Yeah. I'm sorry, we're going to need to censor yeah. this next part out. It's just out. Yeah, just. Cheek. I will uh, have to say, I am thinking about picking up an Xbox also. So, I, yeah, they're just they they are doing a good enough job with what's coming out, and it's a good enough console that I feel like it will be worth having it. Not that I feel like they're winning a fight here or there. I'm just to a point where I'm like. I'm going to appreciate what's on your console. Well, yeah, and honestly, the last two consoles have been that good. My whole situation has always been this. Like, if I've only got the money for one console, I pretty much know every generation unless someone proves me wrong which one I'm going to get. But if I can scrape together the cash for the other ones, yeah, 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 there has been no reason to not get an Xbox. It's just that, like, we all know ourselves. We know where our main interests lie, and I know that I'm going to get the most games in my vein from PlayStation. That yeah. doesn't mean that Xbox doesn't have amazing stuff to offer. The Xbox One was an incredible system, yeah. and I did have one of those for 10 seconds yeah. before it started to slowly die and, and load things. Bethesda's <laughs> a big developer for me. Like I've I've followed them quite big, so it's like knowing that they're exclusive on obviously PC and Microsoft really gives me a reason to buy it, despite what they said. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but I want to. <laughs> because it's out of this world. Technically. The shit that they said. Technically, it was a post-D3 thing, so we won't get into it. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, the next one up is Outer Worlds 2. And quite frankly... You have not played it yet. It's a garbage game. <laughs> no, no, it's been one I've been, I recommend to everyone. I don't know if I know anyone else that's played Outer Worlds 1. And the interesting thing about this is that it's from the same developers that did... New Vegas, which is what my favorite Fallout game. I love Fallout New Vegas. So I watched Outer Worlds when they when they said they were announcing something because they're like, we're not picking up any more Fallouts because uh, reasons. You know, I'm sure it's Bethesda's like you can't you guys can't make a better Fallout than us. Like that's <laughs> that can't that can't be a thing. Yeah. We have Fallout seventy six for a reason. Well, then, it, then when yeah, Microsoft acquired them, I'm sure Microsoft was like, mm, Fallout's ours now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they are they're doing a great job with Outer Worlds and Outer Worlds 2 the trailer killed wow. it. I, I, I loved it what a I don't know if you have more to say but what a great trailer sorry that's all I want to say right now so about it the trailer essentially you you go in it feels very out, um, Outer Worlds so it doesn't it's like you're like sweet maybe we'll get some gameplay whatever but it feels like 
maybe like there are other um, trailers for the first one so there's nothing out of the normal but then they start making fun of it they may start making fun of how trailers are made these days where it's like here comes this monster you'll never see in the game and, and then, it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. And then, uh, gone. <laughs> then they have a slow-mo uh, guys running. And they're like, this is the slow-mo that's going to make you pre-order the game. Oh, what's that sound? That wop that lets you know something big is happening. And it's like a big overview of the of the yeah. and It's like <laughs> And then we got some <laughs> lens flares in there to make it. You know. <laughs> oh, if you haven't watched it, uh, ignore our bad descriptions of this. Yes. Just go watch that shit. Out of all of them, it's my favorite trailer out of all of them. I think it's the best trailer reveal any three. It's very tongue-in-cheek, and they do such a good job. Yeah, and I got to say this. Like, Outer Worlds is a game... It's what I hear, like James said, constantly. I, like I hear it. that it's really good. It's so not on my radar at all. And it's just, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. I've got nothing wrong with the game. I don't really know much about it, to be honest. But trailers like this, I love because this is a company who knows what they have yep. and knows where they're at. And they're totally fine with just coming out and saying it. And that, to me, is a good sign because that, to me, tells me they're way more focused on making the game good than they are on having a dope E3 presentation, which turns out when you do that, you have a dope E3 exactly. presentation. Because they're not wrong, man. That trailer was hilarious. It's like all the hilarity that you'd get from a Devolver thing, but way less of the cringe that you, than you get from the Devolver yeah. stuff. Because Devolver, the only way to explain it is it's so over the top that it's hard to watch every year. And this year was no exception. But these ones are like, I like this, where it's like my kind of humor. I really enjoy it. Um, I wish I cared about the game. I don't. I'm sorry, guys. I think you should try but it. That I really doesn't do. mean It doesn't mean it's not good. It just means, like, it's not... Honestly, they're not targeting me as their demographic. So I think even as someone who's not in that demographic, I'm like, dope. This game looks great for the people that are going to play it. And I do think that. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. It's a good RPG. It's a hundred percent a really good RPG. Really good story. Um, really good world. There's a couple things they didn't hit well, um, but there's a lot of other games like that. And I'm really hoping that they fix that stuff in this second one. And so I'm super excited. It's going to be coming out. Um, I think they announced it for the beginning of next year, 2022. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, games. that'll give me that'll give me a lot of time to play the first one because it is one I've been interested in. But again, there's so many I'm interested in that I haven't yes, really gotten yeah. a ta- a chance to one play or two give the justice required. I may be, um, but I want to play. Here, but I believe my boy Bedoya actually asked me about it. I can't remember if it was because he played it or if, be, if it was because he was interested in playing it because it looked really good. Yeah, and wondered if I had any input, and I was like. I can't tell you anything. I don't know anything. You about should, I don't know nothing. You should give it a little taste. It really is good, and they do a good job in the beginning to to get you into the game too. So, I I recommend it. Um, it does. Do they have vats though? If they don't have a vat system, they I'm do out. actually have a vat system. All right, fuck. It. I don't even want to play it. I mean, crap. I don't even want to play it. We need an edit note. <laughs> 37.49. But you know what was really interesting was um, the, the game that I'm like, wait, is this Ghost of Tsushima? <gasps> no, it's not. It's a side-scrolling one. And it was called Trek of Yomi. Yeah, yeah Trek to Yomi. Trek so this to Yomi, this yeah. is one of the indie games that Devolver is putting out. And it is essentially, to boil it down, it is hyper-stylized side-scrolling samurai fighting. Yaw. Yeah. You're speaking to me. You got me. I'm already interested. On top of that... It's the combat looks really good and fluid. Um, I'm already coming off the high from Ghost of Tsushima, which you've heard us all say is an incredible game. I've had it up there with contention for Final Fantasy VII. 
not R, by the way, just so y'all don't get confused, as one of my favorite games of all time. So a game like this that is like, um, I don't have to sit down and like really dedicate myself to it, but I'm going to get a lot of that same satisfaction I got out of Ghost of Tsushima. I'm all about it. And on top of that one, we already know that Ghost of Tsushima was highly influenced by Kurosawa's films. This game looks like a Kurosawa film. So I'm like very excited for this. It looks super fun. It's going to be on the Switch, uh, which is the perfect platform for these types of games. Side-scrollers on the Switch is just like, those are the types of games that if I do need to play mobile, those are the best kind to play. Uh, but on top of that, I'm not going to. I'm just going to plug it into my TV and play it because it looks that good. But I got real excited about this one. It was just a sweet, simple little minute, minute, 20 second trailer. That was it. It was I, good. Everything I needed yeah. to know was right in there. I love curry cracking <laughs> games and art styles. I didn't watch this one, guys. I don't. I really have no idea. But I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm left out. You. you I feel yeah. like I missed out on something just, very big just here. Think, just think, indie game. That is ball. It's Ghost of Tsushima. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm. Yeah. Gonna, it's like side scrolling. Right? I'd watch it right yeah. now. And it was. It was. I love the style that they went with super, it. Super. Yeah. Super bloody. Super yeah. like. Like you, you go to stick someone. Like you know, what do you call that? Piercing. You do a pierce attack, mm -hmm. and you feel like you stick them. Like just Ooh. even watching the trailer, I'm like, yeah. Ooh, it's like you feel the attacks. I'm excited about. Cool. That. I'm gonna watch this one right after this podcast. Yeah, it was. It, was, it definitely was. Like I'm excited for it, and it just. And I mean, obviously, it's not Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it just, yeah. For some weird reason, it reminds. I'm like, oh wait, this is an aside scroll. This is really gonna be an awesome one on the go. So I think they took notes from Ghost. I'll say this because we are over exaggerating. It is not like Ghost of Tsushima. No, but it's exactly like as you I've watch the trailer. If you're me, at least you can feel influence there. You yes. can see that they saw how well Ghost of Tsushima was done and went. Our game is very different, but what can we learn from what they did here? Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's there. But this next one, guys, is probably the biggest surprise of E3, especially <sighs> if you know who your hosts are. This is huge. If you watched our Halo podcast you know kind of where we sit on this i'm already breaking a promise that i delivered at the end of that halo yeah podcast. this one has me i've never been more excited for a halo multiplayer yes in my life yes holy I cow even, i am a single player guy and i don't even care i want just the multiplayer yeah and the in the story <laughs> mode of halo infinite looks really badass something's happened to cortana she was supposed to get deleted you get a new cortana that didn't get deleted after she was somebody came in where in took your place taking the cortana missions change guys mission change mother licka. <laughs> so not only that does that look incredible because you're gonna go find cortana and figure out what the hell's going on there but you've got this incredible multiplayer. The, the the physics in it. It's I've never been excited about a multiplayer Halo since Halo 1. I have not been this excited. And this puts Halo 1, I can already tell, to shame. The, the possibilities for that multiplayer. Just seeing the explosions of seeing your uh, blade come towards you and you being able to grab it as a samurai Spartan. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. And Goes to Tsushima, obviously. Goes to Tsushima, yeah, obviously. To Tsushima and then it mm, looks incredible. I'm so excited. Thank you, Halo, for finally giving me a Halo multiplayer that brings Halo 1 Blood Gulch Master back to the arena. Get ready to see me in competitions, boys. I'm going to number one. Like, and for me, probably the biggest <laughs> Halo hater out of all of us, I have to say there's a couple of things that really drew me in, and I can even name them. Like, that's the thing is I can look at this, this trailer and go, a, it feels like Halo at its core. 
thank you. That's they've been away from that for a while. The hook shot. B. They're bringing in custom armor, which is huge for me. That was one of my favorite. I didn't like Halo 3's multiplayer, but I loved the armor customization. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I might be wrong though. I can't remember. Halo 3. I think that shared multiplayer with Reach, right? I don't know. Anywho, it was the special powers that I didn't like. The multiplayer itself was fine. It was like the jetpack and the weird bubble. That stuff I wasn't super into. But this, you have like the power, the band hammers bag. You have the play looks and feels more like it did in the original Halo 1 and 2. Um, The graphics look incredible. Animations. They have elements of Reach that it's hard for me to name what they are, but there was just a lot aesthetically that reminded me of Reach, and I love Reach. Reach is one of my favorite Halos of all time. And that's that's speaking both to the single player and the multiplayer, but on that multiplayer level, dude, to make it feel like a Halo, but bring in all the best parts of the newer multiplayers that have come out with the armor customization, um, with the finding the weapons, because that was clear. You still run out and you find the yeah. weapons. Pick them up. And uh, man, it's it looks super rad. I was sitting there going, is this the year that Xbox announces crossplay? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Or... or can I get real rich real quick, please, so I can afford an Xbox? Uh, crossplay on <laughs> our diamond Windows and oh, Xbox. Sure you can't crossplay on a Windows because one of them's like, and hey, the other one's you can't like, actually hey. do that. <laughs> Once you have diamonds, you can afford anything. It's true. I'm gonna have to fix my hands with 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 the Halo Infinite. So I've covered it a few times in the news, and I've been disappointed. And when I saw their initial trailer, it looked it didn't look that good actually. Like I'm like. I get what you're trying to do, but like this looks like a last gen. This doesn't even look like this gen. This yeah. looks like a 360 gen. Well, that's part of why it was delayed so long, yeah. right? Because I think it universally was kind of received that way yeah. when they first brought I it out. I was disappointed. I didn't see the multiplayer too much, but even with the multiplayer, well, we didn't get much of the multiplayer. It was very disappointing. They really upped their game since mm-hmm. even the like couple months ago when I heard there was like, yeah, it's kind of a mess. Halo Infinite's kind of a mess. But I'm like, well, obviously between that and now, they're getting some of their um, crap together because it's looking much better. I We'll see what the single player is like, but the multiplayer is starting to feel a little bit like quakey, which I like. I like an arcade kind of multiplayer where they've always been kind of like that, but this one's even feeling more so like that, and I yeah. do like that in a, in a, in a multiplayer. Well, and I should say, because we did talk about Battlefield and mentioned Call of Duty earlier, one of the reasons that you don't hear me talk too much about those games isn't because they're good. Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4 were incredible. There's been several great Call of Duties. The problem is they're every year games, and so every year it's wait and see for me. I need to see which one's good, why it's good, and if it's different enough or good enough from the games in the generation before for me to leave the games in the generation before. And here's all I have to say about Halo Infinite. Uh, I don't care about any of those other games now. Yeah. This is my war game for this and maybe the next few years. Yep. Holy crap, it yep. was awesome. It looks incredible. I will be playing both Battlefield and this a lot. I think I really see myself playing both a lot. So, what I don't see myself playing a lot is the next game. No, <laughs> I really don't. I don't see me playing this. I didn't no. play the first one. I couldn't um, get into it. Uh, you got to be a psycho uh, nut to want to even play this. It kind shit. of is. So, so I want to bring this up because um, it does have a cult following, mm-hmm. like huge cult following. It, it really does, and, and it's I'm a, not part of it's it. a very weird game. Very weird game. It's a platformer, Psychonauts two, and the original Psychonauts. Um, I never. I, I didn't play it originally when it came out, but then I was recommended enough by some people I knew to play it. I'm like, okay, I'll get into it. And I really got into it. I'm like, okay, this is fun, creative, just journey. Because you're going to go on a very 
very creative journey on this because uh, those developers don't have a filter and it's awesome because you just do it is it's a very psychedelic trip which isn't usually my jam but they did it in such a way that it really resonated with me second thoughts too uh, this we don't have to really do a whole lot on this on this game but like it looks a lot like second thoughts one just better whether or not um the outside world from the cult is gonna like it i don't know but i know that their fans are gonna love this game well, these are the types of games that fall in that area of being kind of visionary, so to speak. And what I mean by that is, like, they're not trying to be anything else. They're just yes. trying to be what they are. And games like this do tend to get cult followings. You have your Aves Odysseys, your Psychonauts, your Scribblenauts, your uh, Pikmins. And people that play them love them. And honestly, this is kind of the core Nintendo base of playstyle. Uh, Nintendo players oh, typically true, love yeah. just a good, fun time in a game. And... Nintendo isn't the only one that makes these types of games, as proven with Psychonauts here, but it's, it's these games, they have their own following, and they're the types of games that, for me as a gamer, whenever I fall into them, I'm always happy about it, but they're not games that I particularly seek out, so I love seeing it, though, like, I'm always happy to see games like this at E3 that have a big enough hype behind them that you get to see something that you're not normally going to see, because what you are going to see is war games. Yeah. Maybe some RPGs because those are finally back on the rise. Cha-ching. Lots of racing games. And guys, don't we know what we're for sure going to see every year? Sports. Sp- sp- sports. 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 TV sports. <laughs> so it's cool. I haven't played it, but congrats that this game's out. It looks incredible. And I probably, I'm sure I won't be able to avoid it forever. At some point, I'm probably going to end up playing this. I played, uh, I played a lot of Monster Hunter Freedom Unite on PSP when the Psychonauts was out. So that's where I was at. That makes sense. And uh, you don't even need it. Unlike this next ad, you require to live. Just, just like this whole podcast full of ads. Yeah. Listen to our ad. Yeah. <laughs> All these ads, not enough. Money, please. <laughs> All right. Welcome back from that ad. Gosh, I've always wanted to start my own podcast, and now I know how. And I'm going to bring that to the world of Pandora. So I can tell the Navi all about the ability to podcast and let us know what's going on on that world. Why we need to fight these humanoid uh, characters with bow and arrows and uh, crazy flyers. But honestly, this game looked pretty pretty wild when it first dropped in this uh, E3 trailer. What I originally thought it was going to be was a PvP aerial fighter. I know you do a lot of running in the trailer and stuff on the ground, but the main focus, it was all like it was building up to something, right? And it was building up to that aerial fight. I thought it was going to be PvP aerial fight. Nope, it's FPS, uh, action-adventure, role-playing game. Story game. Yeah, pretty much. I was much. way off. I gotta admit, <laughs> when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, this year? Why? I don't Avatar know. is so like how Old. many years has it been? Well, they have like three movies lined up. They Do just, they? I don't know why they haven't released them yet. Don't get me wrong, like I enjoyed the Avatar movies. They I know do. a lot of yeah. people hate them, but they're entertaining. But, but it's like, like it took forever. But just as an IP and a deep like is your showcase game yeah. from Ubisoft? Uh, why? Avatar? It's not that it doesn't look good. Don't misunderstand yeah, me. It doesn't. But I'm gonna continue to say this. <laughs> why? So <laughs> I liked the Avatar movie for what it was. It was a movie. I had action. I had drama. I had, you know, a couple of things you had to do. You had love. You had love. You had the betrayal. You, yeah. had, you, you, know, you had a lot of different things. It was a, a decent movie. 
Where I'm not the biggest fan of the universe. Animals. Yeah. Well, that was the best connections. part. Connections. Best part. <laughs> connections. You got connections. Connections. I'll say this, though. If you're the guy or girl sitting out there that saw this trailer and were like, I cannot wait. Oh, my gosh. This is the dopest thing I've seen in E3. Then Go for it. Good. I'm glad Ubisoft made that game for you. Yeah. yeah. Because that's my whole concern is I'm sitting here going, who's this for? It's probably <laughs> but if it's for you... Then they nailed it, and good job on that. I feel like my old man is probably jacked uh, for this game because his biggest dream was to be able to fly those things. Like he loved watching it in 3D. He he watched this movie a ton in the theaters. Yeah, he's not. He likes John Wayne, like Lonesome Dove. My name was Trinity. It still is. And then he went and saw Avatar a bunch in theaters. <laughs> so he's always wanted to fly. So I bet he's going to buy this game because he plays racing games. But I bet he'll buy this just to fly those things. But uh, it does look good. I do need to see a lot more of it because what it's what it seemed to see was like it was gameplay footage, oh, animated oh, gameplay yeah. footage. Like yeah. it didn't seem like it was real gameplay. So I'm yeah, going to need to see that. what that actually looks like because of what this all revolves is is hectic battles, you know, and you're an, a native bow and arrow shooter against these weapons, so it's really going to have to have that feeling like I can do a lot against what oh, this yeah. is. So I'm interested. I loved the movie. I'm excited for the movies. The game, though, I need to see more it'll, in it. It'll be very interesting because the universe is just isn't my jam, but it will definitely be interesting to see how they do it because I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I always, like, with the movies, I'm like, yeah. Give us more. If it's good, give us more. I'm not the biggest fan of the universe, but obviously you have other stuff that brings me in. That's why I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but then you're, you're competing with uh, Halo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How well, are you going to do that? And I should admit to a bias. For me, any IP that starts somewhere else and moves into the gaming world, mm. it's a hard sell for me. So I don't mean to be overly critical, but that those are my biases. And so, again, not a game that I think was targeted at me. But like yeah. we were saying, it's not that it looks bad at all. It's just that we, as core gamers, we're sitting here going kind of, uh, all right, that's dope. Because like a game <laughs> becoming a movie, it branches and no longer is that game in the universe yeah. and the lore. It doesn't fit. Just like a movie becoming a game, there's going to be guys that are like, oh, we need to make but, concessions on this. And once you break that, it's no longer the universe that you want to play in because it's not the same. So I, t- I take much more interest in challenge. games that are, you know, brainchilds, yeah. thought babies from people that have really spent time and really deciding what it is they want to do rather than going, what do we do with this? Yeah. And games like that are like this next one on this, which Stalker. is Stalker 2. They, they've spent a long time. They, now they've, they really Stalker 1, oh, what was it, like 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. Never played it. It was really good. And I can't even believe, uh, remember if I played it before going to Russia, but I know Russian. That's what makes these games even more yeah. interesting for me because yeah. they'll usually, at least on the first night, I don't think they had an English uh, dub. They had just sub. And so I was able to play it and understand going through it. And it was very surreal. I don't I, I don't know if surreal, but it, it was very just weird because I've never, most games are dubbed. Yep. We don't have the option, the other option, but it was, it was a successful game. It's one of the first ones really bring us into a good open world game. Stalker 1 was. It's probably where we got Metros from. Oh, yeah. Well, and they're so similar because they're both Russian made and they have a very similar style out there. Yeah. So Stalker and Metroid, uh, Metro, 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 Metro. I don't know. What, I'm thinking Metroid. Metroid. The game. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're so similar, but this is an open world. You can think of it as an open world metro, and I'm I'm super excited. I am, I'm a little worried because I did watch it. And I'm like, they didn't change a whole lot, so we're gonna see what they do because it looks graphically better, and some other things do look better. But I'm like, you're gonna have to up your game from one because it's been 15 years. 
I think they're going to do it. I just wish they would have shown it in the trailer. So I will definitely say I'm hesitant, but I will be playing this yeah. game. Yep. The anomaly bolt throwing, that really that looked cool. cool. So, yeah, it's it's a game I'm anticipating, but I don't, I, I'm excited. I just don't know if I am going to be blown away by it. I need to see more, yeah. much like Avatar. Yeah, and I'm more like just on the I can't play every game fence. It does look great. I do think it looks great. It's just probably considering everything else I want to play, not high on the list. This but next, the next one, one is, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, this is well, it's another Devolver indie. But I didn't watch Devolver. Yeah. It's the one I didn't watch. So Dude, I'm telling you, there's so I, much consistently solid. This stuff is exciting in surprise time for me because it's like Christmas. So there's not much to say about this game. The title pretty much says it all. Wizard with a gun. It's a co-op sandboxy run around, shoot stuff with your gun, upgrade your weapons. You look like these dope little wizards. It just looks fun. It kind of has... It's got that indie vibe that you get from all those games like Dankus Dunkirk and... Um, what's the old one? Dankus they call him Dunkirk. Boy. The one where they call him Boy all the time. Boy. Uh, Bastion. Just ha- It has God elements of, of these games in them. Enter yeah. the Gungeon, there's en- elements of that. It's not 8-bit by any means, but it just has that. It's stylized, it's dark yeah. in tone. It just looks It looks it like good. a good time. Huh, I'm, excited to, I'm excited to look this one. I got two I got to look up now. Yeah, I watched the trailer. I watched the whole Devolver show. And I definitely think, what's it coming out for? Do we know? Is it a, like a... I'm pretty sure it's Switch and PC, good. as far as I know. This would be a perfect Switch, Switch game. So I'd definitely be playing this game mm. on Switch. Because I, really I really did like the style yeah. of it. Just like, actually, and it's so funny that you chose Wizard with a Gun because this is exactly the next. Like when you said Wizard with yeah. a Gun, I was thinking, okay, Hobo with a Shotgun. That's basically Ash Williams yeah. and Evil with Dead, some psychopath with a shotgun and a chainsaw. Actually, it it's opposite. I think chainsaws right. and fights a bunch of zombie knights yeah. with a shotgun and a chainsaw. So anyone that's loved the Evil Dead or uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, the, the reboot of the series on HBO or um, Army of Darkness, any of that, any of that, any of those movies, you're going to really enjoy uh, this game, I think. And where it, where it blends it is it almost looks like a combo of uh, Dead by Daylight mixed with Left 4 Dead and mm. almost like another little game in there. And what's great is we got a 2021 release date on this bad boy. Ooh. But it, it kind of looks like that you're playing Ash, you're playing the king uh, from Evil Dead. Uh, I think he's actually from Army of Darkness. And then the other two I don't remember. Probably, you know, people from Evil, Evil Dead or something like that. But you're basically going out and solving the issue much like uh, Dead by Daylight where you need to repair generators to escape mm. the entity's realm you're kind of doing that same thing as ash against all of these deadites and you're just blasting the shit out of them the combat looks really good the gunplay looks good the melee looks awesome i can't wait to see more from this game because i love the evil deads and i love army yeah. of darkness and i honestly love bruce campbell he's one of my favorite actors yeah. since a child i don't care if he's bc or d actor I will, I will D him if you know what I mean. The, well, the movies are great. They're definitely, yeah, they're definitely a cult kind of special, but they're so fun. And and I didn't even see the trailer on this one. It looks so fun. Check it out. I feel like every time, like the Evil Dead games, I don't know what it is. I see something like that's off of the movie. I'm like, I don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. But like, 
you explaining this and I yeah, this is a good trailer I'm gonna have to go watch now. Yeah, very fun. I love the whole idea of it, and it's and it's Ash Williams, his sarcastic ass taking you through and enjoying all of just the the burns, the sweet dad burns that he can give. It's, so. it's a very Tyson game. I knew it the second I saw <laughs> yeah, it. Just, yeah, yeah, Just like this next one, the second I saw it, I was like, James is going to be pumped about this yes. one. Yes. <laughs> Tiny uh, Tina's Wonderlands is... Uh, it's gonna be a standalone. Actually, I thought it was gonna be a DLC potentially. No, they're uh, they might it, they're gonna be making this a bigger game than originally was gonna be a DLC. That's what I'm assuming. Why it's not a DLC is that I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Yeah, I agree. It could be like as long as it's like Tiny Tina's uh, what was it Adventures or something like that, like the the board game one. I actually quite like that one. It was very tedious. I played it with Susanna. We loved it, though. It was really hard, really hard. It was fun because they played it. They had um, people come in. It was very um, satirical. They had uh, people from the original game come in as characters in this board game-esque D&D-style uh, game where they skinned Borderlands 2. I'm hoping that they're going to do something like this for uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, but just on a broader scale and it does like the trailer I got excited because it looks like there's not just a reskinned Borderlands it's going to be Borderlands but it's going to be reskinned no no it's going to actually be real models that they didn't just like put a skin over because there's a difference between modeling the whole thing and putting a skin on it and then just skinning something that's already been modeled why do all these actors look like Marcus that's <laughs> what I felt like and um, and I'm fine if they go some of that route but if you're going to be charging like I, I bet you they're going to charge like 30 bucks for this I really don't think it's going to be like a $60 game but if you're it's a, if it's a $60 game better expect this to be just destroyed by ratings if it's not done even they can't somewhat give, right yeah, if they can't give a full game's worth they better not charge 60 bucks where I get worried about this is I almost feel like playing a standalone game is Claptrap I do like Tiny Tina way more than Claptrap we don't but the it's the uh, you're not playing as Tiny King. I don't think you usually do. Like in the other one, you played as some character as the characters from Borderlands Two, and then oh, she's because yeah, like, I didn't watch this. She narrates it, so she's like, and then suddenly some badass creature comes in and starts attacking you. So she narrates like a D and D. Um, what I'm looking for, Dungeon Master, a Dungeon Master. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, because that was again one I did not watch. I'll be clear on all of those. Because uh, yeah. Borderlands has kind of taken a hit for me. I'm not excited about the Borderlands, so it's one I didn't care to watch, but I do like Tiny Tina. It's where I was even more thinking you were going to be Tiny Tina. Didn't want to do that uh, because I don't need to hear donks all day long throughout the whole game. You know, It's like listening to Claptrap. It's like it's fun for a minute, but go away. Yeah, or the guy that talks about butt styling all the time. Funny the first like two times and then yeah. he's like okay. <laughs> so but no, if you if it's more like you're just gonna get more like that's who your key person is, I'm in I'm into it because she is yeah. honestly hilarious to talk to yeah. more. This one for me was very much a presentation, so I'm still wait and see. Um, like you for Borderlands for me has kinda like had its day, but this is an offshoot. So I'm actually willing to give this one a shot, but I'm gonna wait till they actually have some of the gameplay footage to show. Yeah. And that, that's my only hesitation is like presentation was awesome. Now I'm waiting around for when you can show me what the game is. Yeah. Cause three just killed me, killed my excitement for borderland. Now this, I know a lot of people liked it. I liked it. This it next game it. dude is nuts looking. Now this is going to have a very small audience audience that's interested in it. Either you played hand of fate or you didn't <laughs> hand of fate was an indie game that mashed up like a card game 
where they laid the cards out, cards out like it was a board game trail. So it, it was a card game that played like a board game. As you landed on the cards, things would flip over. As things would flip over, it would be either items, events, or combat. And if it was combat, then it went into a combat game. So you had like four or five different game types there. You could go, the same thing would happen if you hit like a market. You'd go into the market, and then you'd buy and sell and do that stuff. But whenever you went into combat, all those cards you collected would layer on each other, stack down, and then turn into items and equip themselves to you. So that's oh, what you had to fight with. That's cool. And it was an incredibly fun game, and you had the the main boss was the guy that you were playing against. So this game, Inscription, which is another Devolver game, um, had the same thing, except the guy that's sitting over there, like, this one's way more pixelated than uh, Hand of Fate is, and it's way more dark, and the guy's, like, putting on creepy masks and stuff, and he's, like, sitting so far back, and it's just the candle that you can just see his hands and his face, so you get this nice creepy vibe, right? But then as the trailer's going on, and you're going, oh, it's like a Hand of Fate-esque game, cool, and it starts showing you different things that the game kind of turns into, cool, and then you start getting, like, found footage like Blair Witch Project mm. like real hmm. like real found and I'm like crazy so now you have like Deltarune or what's the the original Undertale just these oh, crazy yeah. vibes to it on a game format that I already thought was incredibly cl clever and loved um, I'm all in for Inscription I think it's going to be fantastic but uh, that's me man games like this are right up my alley this is the type of game I plug in when I, I like, when I want to have a gaming experience, there's games for that. When I just want to sit down and play something, there are not that many games for that that I like. This is one of those. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited for this to just be like, hey, let's kill a few minutes. Oh, I've got to be at an appointment in an hour. Let's kill 30 minutes. Looks awesome. That sounds awesome. That I tried sounds to like a badass Watch game. the trailer. It is nuts. I tried finding it, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Is it, was it announced a while ago, or is it just just? No, it was dropped uh, during the Devolver event on E3. I have to watch Shit. that again, because I tried looking for it. I didn't watch the Devolver, but I'm watching it after this, <laughs> and I'm excited for all of these games that I haven't heard about. This one, holy cow! <laughs> Would you marry it? I'd marry it. All you've got to do is put that Elden Ring on it, baby. <laughs> Elden Ring is the game that we were talking about, and this is coming from Bandai Camco, whatever their name is. Uh, but mostly it is a Dark Souls game. Uh, because that's almost exactly what it looks like, just even better. So Elden Ring has me probably the most excited, and I do want to read what this quick little description is. It's the journey through the lands between a new fantasy world created by... I'm not going to say it. The creator of the influential Dark Souls video game series... Uh, and George R. R. Martin, author of the New York Times best-selling fantasy series The Song of Ice and Fire, so more no, commonly known as Game of Thrones. These two mother chuckers are teaming up to give us what looks to be the best. I don't know, Dark Souls had a baby with itself, and then that's the baby that we got was the Elden Ring, and then it came out and he said, I do marry you. Okay. Because that's how excited I am. I'm married to this shit, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch it. Like I'm so right there with you. Right Elden Rings for me is the is the Dark Souls I've been waiting for. That's like how I look at this game. I'm yeah. like, oh, a Dark Souls for people that really dig story. Yep, 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 yep. I'm super excited. And that trailer, that giant white dragon flying around, like <sighs> sun. Can you eat? You can't speak Shagwa language any better than that game spoke it. And the deaths, and the killing, yep, and the combat—it's like what you said with the piercing earlier in, yeah. the, in that game. Like it, you just feel it. Like when you're just impaled and and, and raised up, it's just like you felt the the yeah. the 
the strength it took to one hit that level of resistance and then use it to like okay there it is i can lift your body now like i felt it all i felt everything in that combat i'm so excited the first time we'll watch this i was like okay this looks cool this looks like kind of dark souls but i wasn't too into it but the second time i watched it i got so much more jazz because i started really seeing the differences i'm like okay this is actually this is a boss game but that also has a lot of minions it seems like and so i just it looked good yeah looks really good it looked like it'd be really fun game actually awesome stealth options which there is that in uh the the dark souls and bloodborne and stuff in in its own way but this one looks like it has a better stealth ability um you're riding around on on horseback the world is going to be vast and explorable uh there's going to be co-op it looks like but whether that runs more like the dark Souls stuff does where it's like invaders and friendly units uh could be very neat but what it looked like to me, the broken down version, it looks like a grown up version of Zelda with an even more badass Link, and they yeah. fall into the Dark Souls universe. Universe, and it makes Tyson Diamond Hand Tyson need to change his jimmies. That's this guy. Yep, that's me. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. Uh, the story that it looks like it's going to give to you in that Dark Souls universe. Ugh, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this game, and I'm going to make these guys review it on this podcast because I'm that excited. I'm down for it. it. I'm very, very excited. It takes me to outer space. Where the next game takes us. And it's very vague. It's still like, I'm. I'm <laughs> this game is a very vague game. Starfield. Uh, My head's in the clouds, babies. I, I really like the trailer. I, I At least it was something because I feel like we haven't gotten much. They announced it, what, a couple years ago, and we just I feel like more than a couple. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been about three years. We got some pretty good trailers off of it. And uh, I don't feel like they released much. It was just like Starfield, a new whatever. And I'm like, cool. And I'm excited. I like Bethesda a lot. They, they're also, they really need to redeem themselves. And I really, like, I'm going to say it right now. They need to redeem themselves. They probably need to fire a couple of high-ups, and uh, Todd's one of them. He's not done good for the whole series. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, Fallout 76 alone was a debacle on his side, I think. And then the comments he made against PlayStation users, where we supported his games for years. I don't care what Sony did to you. I don't care what they did to you. I didn't do that. I supported you. (laughs) But with Starfield, I'm very excited. It's the first IP in 25 years. Um... And they're still making decent games, kind of, maybe. I actually, I don't know, because in the past five years, have we had a Bethesda, or a, um, have we had, like, a new, El- like, Elder yeah, Scrolls? Or Fallout new... 76 was great. That's the old, that's my problem. And, no, and they, they did awesome. redeem themselves a little bit with that one, from my understanding. With the bag that they gave the helmet in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more about the, the game itself. I, yeah, I, but the Starfield, it's, it's a sci-fi, and I once again, it's like, it's... I don't know how far into the future, but it feels like it melts a lot of what we already know, what space travel's like with future tra- um, space of, like, battles and stuff in space, which means, like, I mean, if, if your suit gets hit, you're pretty much toast. So we'll see how they negate that. But And it's going to be, I'm assuming, an RPG, right? So it's going to be probably a lot like, maybe a lot like, like, Fallout in space or Elder Scrolls in space. We'll see. I would, I'd be excited. If they did it right, I'd be excited. They've been working on this title for a very long time. But they do have a lot to redeem, and they better do this right, and they need to stop being dicks. Uh, to me, just all I'm going to say is it's, uh, I'm, I don't know, uh, but it just looks like Destiny's and, Destiny and Star Wars made a baby. 
And I like, like it. It has very like Destiny feels like influence, and also feels like it has some Star Wars stuff. Where they're like, if Star Wars was a little more like Destiny, this is what it would look like. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. It has me somewhat excited, but Bethesda, they need to get you really more. pissed me off. So I don't even know. You need to give more. It is slated for next year, 11, 11, 22. And how they revealed it in the trailer was pretty cool. But uh, isn't that when Destiny released was in November? Yeah. Lines up. Well, Lines for me, up. Starfield is just, I'm not seeing anything there that I don't feel like has not been done already. Yeah. There's nothing that grabs me. So that, like James is saying, if this if this theme, if this type of game is up your alley, it does look great. It's just that I'm not super in that genre in the first place, and this game isn't doing anything to pull me in. I hadn't heard that it's an RPG, so maybe I need to look into it a little more. But uh, yeah, it just it looks like a good game for people that want to play it. I mean, that, that people's not me. That's yeah. how I feel about it. I wonder what the anthem for Star, Starfield is. <laughs> Let's well, hope it doesn't have the same game, outcome. I'm not going to say much about because I genuinely have no way how to describe it. Like, this, <laughs> really? this game is just bananas looking. But basically, the best way I can describe it is, like, super 8-bit, very NES. Talking where your guy had, like, a two-color palette where it was, like, peach oh, yeah. skin and blue. Like... NES, NES. Oh, wow. Old okay. days. And then you have that, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, like, oh, Pablo the Bandit's gonna come and get ya. And it's, like, intentionally overly done and cheesy. So it's, like, this Western NES shooter that is very NES and does all the classic NES tropes, including, like, overacting and not actual real audio delivery. Like, that's when Danger Dan showed up. I don't know. It looks awesome. <laughs> Everything about this game just Everything screamed you... at me about being like seven years old and the first time I played NES. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do Garbage. that all over again. Sounds so awesome. again, Devolver and awesome. Watch the trailer on this one because it's impossible to describe. It is. It, I watched <laughs> it. I was like, well, okay. That's going to be a hard one for this. Yep. <laughs> it looked good, though. Uh, we'll see if I play it because um, there's so many games. Oh, Physical only, by the way. According to Devolver Digital, this will only be a physical game, and I think it's already available. They, I believe they announced it being available the, as soon as they were making the announcement. Oh, wow. Hmm. Weird. So, with the, so I had to throw this on. I know. You guys, say, I don't this know is going to be a, a big surprise. We don't have we can cover it real quick. Redfall, yeah. was, it dropped. It's an Xbox exclusive, mm-hmm. and it like didn't show gameplay, yep. unfortunately. And so I'm like... You gotta show gameplay if I'm gonna really say I'm gonna play this or not, but it's got me super intrigued yes. with its vampires and yeah. Left 4 Dead had a baby. It really that's what because it has a four person squad. So I'm like, is it gonna be a four four person squad vampire shooter with each character having a class? You know, each one has their own like specialties. One can cloak, one can call up like a weird uh, British telephone thing that they can. I don't know. It was, it was so weird. You had to watch it. It's like an elevator, right? Yeah, an it elevator. was like an elevator, but she used it for something KG else. The elevator. It's so bizarre. Yeah, but it's. I, I will have to admit, like how the way they did it, they, they got me intrigued. So, bring yeah. some good gameplay, and I'll be playing this. 100%. So yeah, as a way to introduce a new IP, I'm with you. This looks awesome, but. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> but it, the, but that's yeah. fine because E3 has always done this. So 
I'm hyped and I'm excited for the next E3 where they show us the game. Because yeah. this trailer has got me waiting for the next one maybe so I can see what the game is. Maybe that's what they're waiting on. Maybe they're like, let's release this trailer and what everyone thinks is going to be like the most exciting way that the game's going to play, we'll, we'll just build it That like would be that. funny. <laughs> it ends up being a dating sim. Oh <laughs> my say, gosh! Just the tiniest little thing that I noticed in the trailer, I'm sure a lot of people did too, but they, they show all the vampires and that's kind of one of the reveals that's in it and the powers. It kind of feels like Umbrella Academy the show actually the netflix show oh, yeah. oh and i love that show but one of the last things you see in that trailer is one of the craziest looking vampires with six goro arms in the sunlight so already i'm like you're breaking tropes i already love it yeah <laughs> so i'm exciting. hoping i'm hoping that when we see the game that it lives up to as awesome as the trailer yeah. was because the trailer was like legitimately just mwah. yeah and for what it made it look like from the weapons and the abilities it looks like you're going to have a, a really fun time playing through this let's just hope it it uh, pans out and translates accordingly or correctly because <laughs> we, if that look brink oh brink looked oh. really cool yeah. and looked we like you could do so much with that. it yeah that's what this reminded me of heavily was could this I be Brink? Like, I don't think I made it 30 minutes into Brink, and I remember being so amped to yep. play it. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like it's going to be cool, but, man, we need to see the gameplay before I really make it. But I'm excited to see what happens. Yep. It could be shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see because they, we don't even know what type of gameplay it is. It could yeah. be an RP yeah. or a uh, first person. It could be third person. It could be, I mean, a if it's anything besides those two, bizarre. Yeah. I think style for this because it's like it becomes it's, an RTS. It's a, it's a tactical, oh my gosh, yeah. It's a grid-based tactical combat game. Right. It turns out it's like the Ascent, which we didn't talk about, but look the name in the tra the name in the screenshot, the the placeholder image looks way cooler than the trailer does. I still might play it though. It looks cool. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ascent, it's a top-down little squad shooter, almost cyberpunk. looks RTS, but it's not. A cyberpunk. Yeah, world. cyberpunk. Yeah. It's really crazy, yeah. and you're trying to get out of it. Either way, long story long, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. So we're we're, pre we're pretty much done. We're yeah. at our limit here, yeah. but I do want to just say we had uh, we didn't really cover Breath of the Wild two. We didn't cover Metroid, um, Metroid Dread, Dread, yeah, which uh, is the Metroid yeah. five by the way. Yeah. And I still don't yeah. think we have and Metroid four. And the trailer on that looked good actually. Yes. I, when I first the, at the beginning it looked garbage. I was like, this is gonna be the worst Metroid ever. And then they went to side scroll, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is the first yeah. one I've been excited for since like the originals. So. Somerville. <laughs> Yeah, Somerville and Diablo 2. I think most of those were just like stuff that's been announced, yes. but they had trailers in there. Yeah. And Diablo 2 looked really cool. Like the remaster, I definitely will be playing it. And yeah. Somerville really looks interesting. Um, definitely an odd game. Check it out. Look the review up. Definitely one that I would recommend. But yeah. uh, there's a couple more games, yeah. obviously. We couldn't cover them all. We'd have Tons to do like a five. Games, yeah. well, I don't know about five, but like a three-part uh, series. And we just don't have time for that. But yeah, some of those events were like ten hours long. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this one up so it's not a ten-hour podcast. But I want to, I kind of want to end with which out of all those games we talked about are you most amped for now? Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Elden Ring, marry me. <laughs> Elden Ring does look very good. I don't know, man. There's a lot. Probably, I should say that you're going to be able to play in the next, let's say, year before the the next E3 because there's a, some of those are coming out in like. Two years. Of, I, I don't even like. know which one. Those yeah, are. I don't. I, oh, I wouldn't okay. know. Knowing, knowing that Ash versus the or Evil Dead, that game is coming out yeah. at the end of the year for sure. I'm excited for that one. You know what? I take it back. Halo. Halo's coming out this year, huh? Yeah, it's got a 2021 release? I don't know when it's coming out, but no, it's, it's as far as the one I'm the most excited to play, Halo. As far as the one I'm most excited to play, excited okay, to play soon, it is coming out this year. One. By the way, it is coming <laughs> out this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
It is coming out this year, unless they push it. But it is they do have a des- uh, a set date for this holiday. Shit, season. man. Yeah, that might be uh, it. That might be it. Damn. I think mine is... I want to say the battlefield for this year, and then next year it's Outer Worlds probably. But I, some of these other ones, so many good some ones. of these other ones look so good. So I bet you in three months when we get more footage on everything, I'm going to be changing my mind. So yeah. we're, we're, oh, we're, sure, we'll yeah. see because that, and that's what makes me so excited about this E3 is that it, it made me excited. That's what I want. I want to be excited for the games that you're going to give us. And we got a chunk of games. We got a chunk of games released. New IPs, old IPs, good stuff coming out. I think we're going to have some really good gaming years, especially yeah. for what's going to come out that didn't get announced or yeah. that's already been announced that didn't show up at E3. We got yeah. some great gaming years coming up. So it's important to note that there were, there were a lot of games announced, um, a lot of indie ones too. We can't cover them all. Uh, a, a lot of important ones we didn't cover because they've been announced and they've been on people's radar for a while. Black of the Wild 2 is on that list. We, for sure, yeah. we would love to talk about that game. But We've we been talking about it. about it since we did the Zelda podcast. It's, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not that we have no love for those things. It's just that we wanted to speak to stuff that was new to us or that we were particularly excited about from this this specific event. Not to say there's not a bunch of great stuff out yeah. there. One that we haven't talked but about a lot. But there's so much that was yeah. announced. Like, really, minutes. you guys should do yourselves a favor <laughs> and just go at least a couple lists. There was a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. announced. Yeah, if you haven't, there's really good lists of just the games there. And, like, in the YouTube comments, a lot of cool commenters have actually time-stamped them all. So go through those comments. If it sounds like an interesting title, click on the timestamp or the watermark. Go to it and be like, oh, wait, no, this is shit. Let's go to the next one. So if you haven't watched any of the E3, do that at least because you will find some real bangers in there. And this is a great year for E3. You guys can watch it. You can go on YouTube and watch pretty much everything that happened. So, and it's the... Just the week after. Yeah. Last last thing, surprise Maybe. Microsoft event happening today, so we weren't able to cover what was announced in it. People oh, yeah. are thinking there's going to be a lot of big stuff because they felt like the original Microsoft event was mostly Bethesda-driven. Yeah, so they're expecting was. to see a lot of things announced that they thought would be announced in the first that aren't. So even we haven't seen it yet, but E3's not technically over, and allegedly it's going in through the 30th, right? So yeah, I don't think they're going to be dropping any major bombs other than the surprise Microsoft event we got, but yeah. Keep, I, keep keep looking out because there's more than what we got to. Yeah, last day I kind of expect some bombshells coming. Like day the ending day where E3 is officially over. I kind of that or the day before. I think we're still waiting for some type of bombshell. My conspiracy based we, off of nothing. Uh, well, I mean that's a good way to promote our weekly news. So we have a weekly news on the YouTube channel. So uh, we'll be covering some of that stuff in the next few weeks. So make sure to keep an eye on there on yeah. that. So with that. This has been a great podcast episode so far. I definitely think this is going to have to be a yearly thing, right? As long as you keep doing it. That's true. Yeah, and if PlayStation comes back, we're we're going to be done. PlayStation can just suck it. No, <laughs> no, but really, like, um, if there's, I yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be covering maybe even some specials, some extra yeah. podcasts in the future on some of this stuff. But for now, this one's done, done and done. We're very excited. We're going to be covering these games in future podcast episodes. Oh, yes. So uh, just know that. We're not fully done with these games yet, but really, shopbunnystrike.com. Support us. It helps us grow. It helps us be able to produce this more, and we could even bring you more content if we had more supporters. So, Yep, and uh, if you know anyone that's interested in E3 or interested in games in general, let them know about this podcast because we cover more games here than we probably will in any other podcast ever. <laughs> uh, and a shout-out to Sweet Tooth. Thank you for uh, pushing uh, this this podcast on your channel. We really appreciate it. And shout out to everyone in your Discord. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you. Y'all are you. ballers. Yes, thanks. Special thanks, for sure. 
Uh, that's it. That's it. We're wrapping this up. This has been the Games Revealed Podcast brought to you by Bunny Strike Studios. This is James. And I'm Tyson Diamond. Hands Tyson. And I heard about this guy named Shagwin. He's pretty dope. Super dope. Peace out. Later, guys.